0: This episode of the Raider Take Podcast is brought to you by Rise Collective Salon. Rise Collective is a company brought together by two friends who had a vision of bringing you high-end service with a friendly hometown atmosphere. Whether you're wanting a simple type fade like Josh Jacobs, stylish cut like Foster Moreau, or something unique to you like Henry Ruggs, Rise Collective Salon has you covered for all your game day cuts. Located at 760 Camino Ramon in Danville, Rise Collective adheres to the highest standards of cleanliness and sanitation so you can be sure your visit will always be handled with your safety in mind. Visit risecollectivedanville.com to book an appointment with Deanna or Ashley. Once again, the website is risecollectivedanville.com. Rise above the competition.
1: What we do here is go back, 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 back.
0: It is the widest range of emotions that I've had in a long time. Actually, I would say more than finding out and tasting this chalupa. back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we got some insane breaking news. Taco Bell has a new crusted chalupa shell that is beyond anything I've ever had before. So go out and get it right now. Pause the podcast. Go out. Get Taco Bell so you can have Taco Bell to eat during the podcast. And you'll be in a euphoric state of God only knows.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pause. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, order your Taco Bell, get your Taco Bell, play this episode, and now we go. Yes, great, Victory Tuesday. Yes, Here we are. It's Absolutely. Tuesday. Um, we waited a day as um, Mike, as Mortal Lock, as he likes to do, put it on Monday Night Football. <laughs> you know, we had some some late action Monday, so we're we're kicking you guys off on Tuesday. Um, this will come out to you Wednesday, but it was an exciting week. Got a dub, went to L. A. Um, usually we're home favorites there as Raider nation travels pretty well, but you know, no fans, we had a dub and I'm still celebrating. I think, oh, yeah. you know, Monday yeah. was big. Tuesday was big. I'm still feeling the vibe. So how are you feeling after the dub?
0: Oh, I'm feeling great. I mean, I, I don't know why I was surprised that the game was going to end that way because like we touched on the chargers, find a way to lose close games under, you know, a touchdown, and Raiders games are always stressful down to when the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter. So you add those two things together and it is the widest range of emotions that I've had in a long time. Actually, I would say more than finding out and tasting this Chalupa, which the Chalupa didn't have <laughs> which any you're negative. Tasting right now, yeah, just, to, which just I,
1: to give everyone an idea, Micah is currently eating this and yeah. it looks great.
0: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely delicious. So, you know. Sorry, not sorry if you hear any munching in the no. background. It's all
1: good. But, you know, Raiders go to um, SoFi Stadium in L.A., get the big win, 31-26. Just as far as the rundown goes, um, we'll, we'll, as always, jump into our mortal locks, touch on those two. Might have two winners, never know. And then, you know, we'll we'll go into the recap. As Micah previewed last week, he had the Raiders defense against the Chargers offense. I had the Raiders offense against the Chargers defense. We'll recap that. We'll tease a little bit for Friday. Um, we got a big thing coming up this weekend, um, and we'll get you going.
0: Yeah, going to be um, you know great week for the podcast, and you know uh, have some have some good fun with this one. recapping things. Uh, so I'll jump into the mortal lock side of things. If anybody didn't see, the Raider Take podcast Twitter account did post a tweet apologizing for the pod being out a day late. Also stating that some new rules will be put in place. To make sure this never happens again so we did not talk about this but i am making a sweeping declaration that our mortal locks have to be on the sunday slate can no longer be a part of the monday night game because the time that we record on monday nights directly interferes with potentially seeing the outcome of what one of our mortal locks could be so i'm putting it in place now no more mortal locks that involve monday night sunday slate only
1: no, and, that, and that's fair. I think you're really only talking to yourself because yes, that's, you're the that's only exactly one that best Monday to. nights. I, I believe. I think yeah. I had one. Maybe I probably lost it. I don't, it, I I I don't even my record.
0: I don't even know if you've had any Sunday afternoon mortal. <laughs> <So> you're <laughs> I, always a 10 a.m. guy. I'm a 10 a.m.
1: guy, and 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 so was this week. So, um, to my understanding, you had the Jets on Monday night. Shocker, at home against the Patriots, plus seven. We talked about it. You know, I was like. Of course, here we go. You're going to bet the Jets because you're 6-2, and you know. But how'd that work out for you, buddy? How'd it go?
0: Uh, It worked out great. Uh, I I think the readers and listeners can tell by the tone of your voice uh, and the frustration in your voice that, once again, Mortalock hit for me. I think that we're on the precipice of potentially voicing the age-old debate, is Joe Flacco elite? Because he was slanging it. He was throwing 50-yard bombs and just hitting Rashard Perryman every single chance he got. Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, you know, it was uh, the game ended 30 to 27. Unlike the Mud Dogs, the Jets did not win that game. But as we have stated previously, we don't care about teams whether they're going to win or lose. We care about covering the spread, and the spread actually jumped to a minus 10 late before the game. I don't know if it was like Monday morning or Sunday night, but. I think when it was stated that Joe Flacco was gonna start, it even jumped to minus ten. So we obviously locked it in when we locked it in and it was at minus seven. Sorry, plus seven for the Jets. But they covered and somehow they kept up with the Patriots and it was a high scoring game. And if you if you smashed the over on that game, I think it was forty two and a half. So if you hit that over you you cleared it by a ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was just classic, you know, it was it was one of those things where you said it, I kind of made fun of you for it, but I was like, I also gave you the caveat, like, of course, you know, yeah. this is when they're going to cover. And the Jets were up 10 points going into the fourth quarter. You know, I was like, oh, so he's not only going to cover, but they're going to win, you know? So I, I guess that's the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better is that they lost, yeah. but you you still covered, And I'm not mad at you. It's more about like my grief that I'm dealing with. I'm yeah. dealing with the fact that I suck at mortal locks and I, I can't, I can't catch a break here, but if you want to go into my mortal lock, it was Baltimore minus two and a half, which jumped a ton. It moved four points by Sunday morning. And that's the thing when we record on Thursdays, it's a lot, not a lot of movement, but there can be some movement, which happened in both of our games. And this game moved a ton. It actually moved to Indianapolis favored by one and a half.
0: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to stop you real quick and, I'm going to have to correct you. It, it was not your mortal lock. It was Mel Dreamy's mortal lock. The reader, the listener who won the competition. <laughs> yes. So I just, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Mel Dreamy and baby McDonald. Too, that's fair.
1: And also, also that's a good correction. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was not mine. It see, that's like a little, you know, a little jab that he got in right there. It mm-hmm. was not mine. You know, Mel Dreamy won the listener, you know, submission of what the mortal lock should be. My baby as Micah bleeped out a couple times. <laughs> her times. Thank you for that. Can't, can't name drop just no, yet. Don't want to name drop. We don't have sponsors outside of rise collective. You know, she chose Baltimore minus two and a half. Mel dreamy cashed it in. And once again, the line moved so much four points that they cashed in even more. Baltimore went to Indianapolis won 24 to 10 big dub. They're actually down 10 to seven at half, had a big, big second half. Um, They ended up smashing them. there. defense held tight. Phillip rivers was Phillip rivers fumble, Tried to tackle him, ended up on his back. It was pathetic. It was a lot of things that we saw in San Diego before they moved And I'm going to say we, we got the dub, you know, you know, you were like, Hey, how are you going to feel if, if someone submits something, my child chooses it, that's my child. And these, are my people. These are our people and I'm going to hold on to it. So currently we are one and know, we'll factor in the the cumulative total standings as it relates to the end of the year. But right now I it, I would be hard pressed to not continue these ways of mortal locks. I'd be hard pressed to not say this is what we should be doing. So I will release that week nine is open week nine, right? No, week 10. Uh,
0: We just had week nine. It's that week was nine. week nine.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of the Raiders there five and three. So they had to the buy. Yes. Yeah. Week 10 is open to submissions from the readers, listeners, and subscribers to submit your mortal locks. We will do the same process, due process, and my child will select it and we'll see how it goes. We're gonna we're gonna run while it's hot right now. So
0: so one thing I think I, I was literally just thinking this as you said that what we you know we could potentially incorporate. A revealing of three mortal locks: mine, yours, and the listeners. And incorporate that way, get an extra mortal lock in there. Get an extra, you know, cumulative group of people <laughs> to have, you know, their stats out there and and see, you know, see we're we're men of the people. We need to see how the people think. Get more in tune with our listeners, our readers, and
1: I, th- I think it's fair. Um, I, I would say that. Depending on how good this goes, I might just do some squatter's rights and just use their (laughs) outcomes, just claim them, and just be like, nope, I'm a couple games behind you. So we'll see how it goes. We'll table this for now. Um, It's a conversation we can have. But at the end of the day, we both locked it in, Mortal Locks. I would imagine if you are a betting person, betting individual, just ride with Micah right now. He is hot. He is 7-2. and Congrats. Week 10, big one. We had the recap on the game. Once again, Raiders go to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, Big Dub, 31-26. You had the Raiders D Chargers though. How'd it look?
0: I thought our defense looked relatively decent. Uh, and some things happened that we said needed to happen in the defensive line getting pressure. It seemed like Klee had a, had a pretty good game on, on getting through, getting some pressure on Herbert. Uh, Max got a sack, I believe, and and they were just, you know, they were they were clicking on all cylinders as far as the D line was concerned. I think that we had kind of a split quality in our linebackers. It seemed like Kwiatkowski was all over the place, making tackles, uh, covering great. Didn't feel like Littleton did the greatest. It, it almost seemed like they lent towards kind of getting Morrow in there a little more towards the end of the game. He had some, you know, decent success out there, and. The DBs, I mean, the DBs were the DBs. Unfortunately, we saw Trayvon Mullen go down. Not to brag, but I called it. Isaiah Johnson got some quality playing time and essentially came up huge on the last two plays of the game. Also, and in um, one point on a deep bomb, he drew a offensive pass interference as well. Um, he was very, very on top of the eye. It might have been a little ticky tacky, but you know, he got in and he made plays, and he made plays when it counted. Uh, he had the, you know, they they threw a little fade in the back of the end zone. He made a great play on it, forced it out. They go back to it again, throw another fade, and they called it a touchdown originally. He had no doubt in his mind that it came out. And obviously, he's the closest other person to it other than the receiver. But I think they showed every single angle of the replay, except for the angle that shows that it was out. And you're looking at like, there's no chance that it was a catch. But you can't see anything definitively. And then they actually showed the replay that had it hitting the ground, huge play by him. You know, I, I thought, and, and, you know, we were traveling home from our family vacation. I was paying attention to the Raider game, but you know, wasn't fully like watching it on the couch like I normally am. And uh, I thought that he got in and was getting some playing time because Paul Gunther came to his senses and took Lawson out of the game and gave uh Isaiah some you know some PT because of that. No, it had to do with Trayvon Wallen getting hurt. So alas, I was thwarted in my idea that Paul Gunther was making smart moves. But I don't know. All in all, the defense played decent, in my opinion. The line, the defensive line, showed up like we talked about them needing to, you know, and and the DBs made plays where they needed to make plays. And it was very similar, in my opinion, to the Chiefs game where. They kind of give. were giving up, playing soft, giving up zones. You know, they were getting some pretty big passes where you're looking at it, you're like, where the hell is the person that's supposed to be guarding him? But, you know, they kind of got that bend-don't-break kind of vibe to them like they, you know, like they're very commonly do and it ended up working out. So, you know, 50-50 on the defense. But like I said, they, they made plays when they needed to make plays and that's really the only thing that matters.
1: Right. Yeah, I think they did a great job, you know, towards the end when really, you know, our offense kind of, it would you know, really in from, I guess, after the second possession in the third quarter, um, the offense kind of stalled out a little bit. So the defense had to show up Um, and they did. And I thought they did a good job. I think early on Klee got, you know, he got back um, to the quarterback a good amount. Um, Max got his sack as a Johnson came up big at the end. You know, unfortunately, Trevon Mullen went down, but, you know, watching it, you know, as you mentioned, the last play, which is everyone is kind of reflecting on that because it was a, it was Raiders win or Chargers win at the at that point. Right. It was like a touchdown. Wasn't a touchdown. Um, One
0: second left. On the right. Clock. Exactly.
1: Last so play. watching the watching the play, I was like, that's incomplete. And then, as you mentioned, they showed every angle. They're Like, let's go to the sky judge and see if you can see it from way <laughs> up there. It's like, yeah. you nope. Know,
0: and then I was like, let's go to the
1: pylon that. camera to see if you can see his feeder. And it's like, no, dude, can we just see if the ball comes out? And it did. <laughs> and so it was legitimately eight different replays. And the last replay was when the ball squirmed out. And it, but you're just sitting there, you're just staring, like, oh my gosh, like you can't, like, cause it has to be, it has to be inconclusive. Like they have yeah, to, it was so a true. touchdown. It was ruled as a touchdown that it has to be inclusive. And then once you saw that, you're like, oh my God, please let that be enough. So,
0: but you also had that thought, like, it would be such a Raiders thing for it to like not get overturned. (laughs) Yeah. But the only thing we had going with us is
1: the fact that we were playing the Chargers and they're like, well, hold on a second. Are we (laughs) sure the Chargers won? You know? Yeah. But I, I, I believe that, you know, the defense, they, they, they did what they could. I think if you look at the box score, you can see that, you know, the Chargers outmatched us in a lot of different, you know, categories. Herbert threw for over 300 yards. um, And it was a lot of, I wouldn't say garbage time stuff, but we were playing soft coverage a lot towards the end. And we got up.
0: Ten to fifteen yeah. passes that was just zones right behind the linebackers, but still in front of the soft DBs. Exactly,
1: and, and and you know we were up twenty eight seventeen, and and that's kind of where we went to a little bit vanilla and just not hey don't don't get beat by a big shot, which the Chargers too, you know do take a lot, and then they have taken a lot in in the early part of the year. So, but I thought they showed up well. as, as I guess as it relates to the offense, you know.
0: Well, it, sorry, one last thing. What yeah. I really like what I saw was it seemed like there was a lot more um, different looks of blitzes. You know, Jonathan Abram came off the edge uh, you know, quite a few times. You saw Littleton come a few times. Kwiatkowski came too. It seemed like there was a lot more. I, I mean, and I don't even know. Like I would have to look at actual breakdowns of you know did they blitz more times than other times, but I think it was more noticeable this game where you noticed them trying to blitz, trying to run stunts, mm-hmm. kind of get guys going one way with a linebacker going the other way and stuff like that. So I, I really liked that aspect where, They kind of incorporated blitzing, and even though we're not good at blitzing or like capitalizing on blitzes, I think it helped kind of confuse the line a little bit, helped with the D-line having the kind of game they did. So Mm.
1: No, I I saw a lot more stunts on the D-line for sure, Um, and and we did incorporate some blitzes like how we did against the Browns and and the Chiefs um, prior to. So, you know, I I thought they did a great job there and, and really... It it it's not I think it's it's more about is it effective? Like is it effective in getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand when he doesn't want to? Is it effective in getting pressure and pushing the offensive line back to where they, you know, Herbert has to get off his read and just make a decision kind of thing. So I think that's where even though we don't come up with a hurry or we don't come up with a sack or a you know, a hit on the quarterback, at least it was effective. So, you know, defense played well, you know, I'm happy that they had a had a good stop at the end. Um yeah, so I would say as it relates to the offense side of the ball, you know, I, you know, we did kind of, you know, we had the quick throwing out in the beginning, um, but we kind of got into our own there, and and this is where, um, you know, once again, I think it's important to note that we, you know, we have to assess like how can we really win games and how can we attack different defenses um, as it relates to the offense, and and I I feel like we're relatively balanced. I feel like you know we have gone into games where. You know, we we have to throw the ball 40 times, you know, and we have to um, be able to air it out. And there's the other games where we're like, no, we're just going to run the ball 30 plus times, you know, 35 plus times. And we're going to, you know, just pound the rock and move the chains and, and keep the time of possession. So it was an interesting game because, um, you know, we we lost the time of possession, I believe, by it was close to 10, 10 minutes, which is significant. But it seemed that we were more focused on the on the running attack. You know, we we incorporated Devin Booker a lot more. He he did end up scoring the first touchdown. Um Josh Jacobs, 15 touches, you know, he got in the end zone, which is great. Um, but I think the goal there, and, and I would imagine Raider Nation is kind of like, why can't we get Jacobs more touches consistently 20 plus? And I've said that before too, but you know, we're only in the first half of the season. So let's let's be patient. And I think when Jacobs as a rookie you know, he broke his shoulder early on and and he had that wear and tear where he wasn't available in, in big games when we were trying to make a playoff push. You know, I think that's why Gruden is is incorporating it. And he's incorporating it because we have someone who can come in at like Booker and be effective. You know, very underrated signing in the offseason and, and it's proven dividends right now because Rashard is, is what he is. You know, he's, he's more of a scat back third down. More he, but he's not going to run between the tackles outside of that one run against the Saints in 2016. You know, so I, I would just, I'm just saying, like I'm pretty happy with how they ended up attacking. You know, if you look at the box score and you see that, oh, Derek Carlin threw for what 160 yards. You know, it is what it is. But if you saw the plays that he made, the bomb to Aguilar, the the bomb to Renfro on third down, the the quick one over the middle to Waller for a touchdown, he was very efficient and effective. He had some misses. He had some big misses over the middle, um, on in the game that we kind of got into more of a, a manageable attack in that sense. So I thought the offense did well. I think what you have to factor into is that it was, it was a makeshift offensive line, you know, and, and no Colton Miller for the first time in his career, um, Trent Brown was out again. So we had two of our tackles that, you know, they're, they they do not start every game. Um, and so when DC did drop back and he did miss some throws, he had a lot of pressure. So we had to turn that into either, you know, some quick passes, You know, or it was off play action, like it was to Aguilar take a deep shot, or something of the of the realm of extending a play that he did with Renfro, where he hit him deep. So, you know, I I think there were some big plays that DC made. The stats aren't going to show that, but I think the plays stand for itself. The Raiders, at the end of the day, they they were able to make the most of their um, their drives. Um, The defense was on the field for the majority of of the game. Ultimately, there were a couple fourth it's like fourth and ones that I was like, I would love to go for this, but you know, we ended up settling to punt on one of them and, and kick a field goal on the other. The, the field goal was at the end of the game when it was 28, 26 and we were in their territory and we settled for a field goal, but I would imagine if it was 29, 26 or if, if we were up a field goal or a little bit more, we would have gone for it. But because of the fact that if we don't get it, the Chargers would have the ball and would have been able to kick the field goal and as they did get into our territory um because we kicked the field goal they had to go for a touchdown which resulted in you know them going for it towards the end of the game and Isaiah Johnson as you mentioned had some big plays so um offense did what they had to do i mean they they played really well i think um an overlooked part of the game was our special teams you know San Diego um or San Diego uh LA muffed a, a punt at the end of the game which allowed us to kick that field goal but I feel like that that group um, was able to position ourselves into whether it was punting and, and putting the charges at a disadvantage and flipping the field, or it was in the punt return or the kick return game where it got us to really positive um, starting of our drives, you know, really positive net yards on a punt return, things like that. Pro does a great job of always um, making the right call. And then if he does not fair catch, he gets 10 to 15 yards. So um, I think we did a great job. Um, and that's, and that kind of, the punt return, um, ties into the defense. I I think at least because defense makes a big stop and they have to punt if they're deep in their, you know, in their side of the field to where if we can return the punt and we have the ball at the 40 or 50 yard line, it only helps our offense, which happened a couple of times and, and vice versa as, you know, if the offense can't get a first down on third down and we have to punt, can we pin them back? Can we, you know, coffin corner, no one actually coffin corners anymore, by the way, can we, can we at least, you know, get them behind the, the 20 yard line, things like that. So um, I thought the special team showed up and, and obviously that big turnover was great for us. Um, there was the, the one turnover on the offense side of the ball where um, DC got strip sacked when we were trying to take a shot and we were trying to get um, some late points in the, in, at the end of the second quarter. And it ended up Where, you know, the the chargers got the ball and they ended up kicking a field goal to where we, you know, it was a big, it was a 10 point swing because I think it was, um, 14, seven Raiders turned the half at 17, 14 chargers. So outside of that, I thought they did really well. Um, once again, the offense, you know, kind of played with the cards that they're dealt and they did a great job, you know, um, being able to have efficient drives and executing and putting up enough points to where the defense didn't feel like they had to make a ton of stops, but at the end of the day, man, thirty-one twenty-six. We'll take a dub. It, it, of course, it had to be that kind of Chargers-esque Raiders thriller at the end, but we'll, we'll take we'll take the fact that we're on the good side of those. You know, at the end of the day, so
0: absolutely. Um, you
1: know, I'm excited, man. Five and three. I mean, I was. I just kept saying that. I'm like five and three and four and four is a big difference. Oh yeah, it's a big difference in vibes. A big difference in playoff seating, things like that. So, um, I thought it was really critical that we went to a game where, as I. Um, mentioned multiple times on the preview pod that I was uh, upset about the fact that we were not favored. Rightfully um, so. Yeah. You know, I, I was a little, you know, I was I was a little pissed. I was a little upset, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that favoring of them. But even that line moved to where the Raiders were favored by a point come Sunday. Don't care. I was still mad. But yeah you know, we, we took, we, we took care of business, you know, it was 28, 17. And I was a little upset that it got down to the point where it was 31, 26. And the charge mm-hmm. had a chance to win Yeah, where it was early in the third quarter, third quarter. And the fact that the Raiders only got three points from mid third quarter to the end of the game, what have you, you take the good with the bad, we'll take the dub, you know, we'll call it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And first thing I'd like to say is that me and you both used to pride ourselves on the competitions of coffin cornering we would do in Madden's mini camps. So the fact that it's not around anymore is a damn shame. But it is. Not, but sorry, I'm going to cut you off for a second. Yeah, but I, I
1: think I had a revelation because mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't people do this? Like, if you're yeah. going to punt the ball on your 50 or like their 47, like kick it out of bounds and just pin them. But the reason they don't do it is because of what happened in the Raider game where we punted and we weren't, you know, we were closer to midfield and the dude was going to take it and he ended up fumbling and yeah. the ball. That's the only reason they do it, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, maybe that's why they don't cough in corner. But I was <laughs> right. like, nah, fuck it. sorry. Nah. <laughs> you know, but like, nah, we just cough in corner anyways. Right. But
0: yeah. Anyway. Um, touching on a few things that it, like you said, DC didn't have to do much. We had 160 passing lar- yards. Like you said, there was 165 rushing, total rushing yards, which, it's fantastic that they you know split it like that and that the running backs did as much as they did. But uh, yeah, Booker, it has been the... I, I think it's a battle between him and Aguilar on the biggest pickup on the offseason. But you look at it and essentially you think, okay, it's taking away from touches from Jacobs. But he's been pretty much healthy this whole time. He's been able to not you know take 20-plus carries a game and get banged up a game and have the potential of fracturing a shoulder again and trying to play through stuff like that it's like it showed dividends on the quality that he has had of you know his games and whatnot and the longevity he's able to have through this week without essentially having a whole lot of problems outside of I think that one game he had a little bit of a hip issue but all in all you know Booker's done well in the time that he's gotten and it's helped tremendously on Jacob's health and his essentially his efficiency you know, that we're seeing to the game. Uh, Rugs did get screwed, in my opinion, on um, a catch that was called incomplete. I did see, of course, on Twitter uh, yesterday and today, essentially showing that he had two feet in. It was a miraculous catch. I think the biggest issue with that, why they didn't challenge it, was because I, I think at that point we had a failed challenge already. Um, they only have had one more, and there wasn't a whole lot to look at when you're looking at it. Uh, I I assume on the replay side of things that would have indicated like, Oh no, yes, you have to challenge that. So I was upset about that because, you know, we say it every week, but it's like, you, you hope rugs gets incorporated and you hope that they try to dial up some things for him. And we're just not seeing that that much, uh, unfortunately, but luckily production is getting up there. I think Nelson Aguilar is what we kind of hoped rugs would be in our, in our system. But I think it's giving him a chance to really develop and, you know, he's a rookie. It's hard, you know, you can't sit here and, you know, write off and say that that was a bust at 12 when. No. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it was, I'm not saying that people are really saying that, but I think you look at it and with how fast Aguilar is and the fact that we're kind of, you know, putting him on the outside and letting him do his thing. I think you're seeing him produce in the way that you thought rugs would kind of be incorporated. So.
1: Yeah, and I and I agree, and I I did I know what play you're talking about, and I do think that it was the fact that we didn't have or we had one more challenge that we didn't want to throw it away, yeah. um, if it was inconclusive evidence. So, um, but but really, I, I I will I would stand by the fact that because he's on the field, he's a difference maker. Um, because yeah, on the field, they have to factor into it, and so even on you know Aguilar's bomb, they had, um, I think it was Casey Hayward manned up on him, which is the Chargers best DB, but they didn't have over the top help and mm-hmm. be- they didn't have over the top help because Ruggs was on the field. So I think Aguilar is getting more advantageous blitz and advantageous um, matchups because of it. And so he has capitalized on it. And I actually, um, I said that on Sunday, I was like, man, it's cool that we just threw that 45 yard bomb. But I was like, man, I wish that was rugs just because yeah, right. we're, we're kind of, you know, there's going to be that comparison to CD lamb and Jerry Judy who he came out in the draft with. So um, but that's more selfish than anything. And we don't think we're in a spot to be selfish when we need to take the points and then take the doves where we can you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. And like looking at that play, I think they showed it during the game, but he essentially had one, one high safety over the top. That was kind of the sideline safety and it, and it looked like, you know, he was favoring rugs aside and that, and that is what kind of helped Aguilar get so open. He took his inside release and then just veered it, you know, a little more outside and you saw that safety come across and he was three or four yards away from, you know, potentially making a play on the ball. And then that having rugs out there, having him shading towards rugs aside, having Aguilar kind of run the route that he did was kind of the difference maker in that play being successful and not because he still almost kind of, you know, made it to potentially make a play. But, yeah. you know, was just far enough off that Aguilar had that one on one.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I agree. I I think, you know, we drafted rugs to make the offense better. And I think he has, I think the production will speak for itself at the end of the day, but you know, I, I, I do know that, you know, he was injured for a good amount of the year. Um, We're slowly working him back into the offense. So um, him being out there is great for us. It adds more threats um, and and it helps other players such as Aguilar, such as Renfro. Um, Waller over the middle to be able to create those matchups um, and get us in an advantageous, you know, setting and grouping in that sense. So I, I think it's benefited us regardless, even though I'm, I'm, I'm the same way I'm like, man, I wish his stats were better. I wish yeah. we could feed him a little bit more, but we'll take what we can get and, and we ended up running the ball a little bit more than maybe not thought we would, but you know, how it ended up balancing out and we're used to controlling or winning the time of possession. We didn't this week, but I think it worked out in our favor just win, baby. That's that's where we're at. Just yeah. just get a dub and and let's go back to let's go back to a legion and take on these Broncos coming on Sunday. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I and I will say, hand up. This is a lot of it is me, you know, being a fantasy owner of Henry Ruggs, being like I'm. to need to incorporate him a little more because <laughs> it's like I'll start him. I'm like it's it's more out of hope than anything. But yeah, going into it, we got the you know got the Broncos this week coming up. We will get you the preview pod. We will get that out to you. Give you give you our thoughts on that we are going to potentially have some some big news on the preview pod or at least uh you know a little little tidbit of something to kind of throw out there for everybody so stay tuned tune into that like i said an exciting week slash weekend for the raider take podcast so
1: that's right it'll be big we're teasing a little bit here we'll get you guys a little bit more info on on friday's episode but i'm excited you know big dub for the raiders excited for this Broncos game coming up, you know, we'll break it down, get it out to you guys. And, and, you know, we'll reveal a little bit more about what's going on this weekend.
0: Yeah. And like always, we appreciate all the love, rate, subscribe, review, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, wherever you see it, continue to get it out there, get some eyeballs on the podcast. Like I said, we really appreciate all the love that we get. So till next time, see you on the preview pod. And hopefully we can just continue to win. Yep. Continue to just win, baby.
1: Right, Raider Nation, stand up. We love you guys. Jinx See you next time. Pack. Thanks for tuning in. Micah, peace out, homie.
0: Later.